worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us to begin with in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning at verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my, up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide these three. But the greatest of these is love. Verses 1 through 13, all of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Then looking in the Gospel of Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. Verses 25 to 37. Luke chapter 10. 
Father, thank you once again for your word, which guides us, informs us, molds and shapes us to look more and more like you, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for how that your word helps us understand what love looks like, what love calls us to do, and how love calls us to carry ourselves. Father, anoint us afresh today with your Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of love. Empower us to be a people that love you first and love each other and love people in the world through our words, our actions, our attitude, the things we say, the things we do. And help us to know, Lord, that more and more as we become more like you, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we will be givers, givers in so many ways that bless the world and through our words and actions point people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the privilege of being a part of your kingdom and a part of this wonderful opportunity to serve you in this way. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. Our producer is Isaac Jackson. And as always, we do appreciate you being a part of our listening family. We're honored and blessed to have with us once again Amy Ford. She's the president of a powerful and a very beautiful ministry called Embrace Grace. Amy, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on today. Great to have you back again, and it's been a little while, but we're grateful to have you back. And I want to ask if you'll take time to uh, just kind of reintroduce yourself. There are many people who've heard of Embrace Grace, but then there are many who may not have as well. And it, the great, it's a great ministry with a great mission. If you'll take time further to introduce yourself and then tell our listeners about Embrace Grace and the mission behind this ministry. I would love to. Well, um, I'm Amy Ford, and I lead an organization, as you said, called Embrace Grace. And we just, we want the church to be one of the first places a girl runs to in, in, when she has an unplanned pregnancy and instead of the last because of shame and guilt. And so we want it to be a safe haven where she just knows this is a place I can go to get prayer, wisdom, guidance, counsel, and support and feel empowered in her life decision. And and um, looking back on my own story, I had an unexpected pregnancy when I was 19, and I grew up in church, and I had a great family, but I didn't really have a relationship with the Lord. And I found myself pregnant, and I was so scared to tell my parents. And I, you know, the enemy lies to you and tells you the worst case scenarios that can possibly happen. And I was thinking, you know, I was going to be homeless and my parents were going to hate me and, and that my dreams were over and the father of the baby felt the same way. And so we had decided, even though we knew abortion was wrong, we had decided, you know, we could just get an abortion and we could just pretend like this never happened. We can deal with the consequences of a broken heart later, but this could be, you know, in our mind, we thought it could be a quick fix. And so I really kind of went into like robot mode, trying not to feel or feel anything and just kind of like a zombie, you know, like I'm just going through the motions and I'm trying not to like fully stop and think about what I'm doing and the decision I'm making. Um, and so we scheduled the abortion. We paid for the abortion. I went to have it done. And when I was um, talking with the nurse and how they were going to do it, I actually ended up hyperventilating and passing out in the abortion room. And when I came to, one of the nurses was fanning me. She was trying to give me a drink of water. And she said, you're too emotionally distraught to make this decision today. You can come back another day, but today you're not getting an abortion. 
which is so crazy because I've had, I've had a lot of women and friends that have had abortions and really, you know, struggle with that decision. And they are like, that did not happen. You know, they didn't care about my emotions when I went there, but for whatever reason on that day, 25 years ago, there was one woman that did care. And so I went back out into the waiting room and told the father of the baby, I was still pregnant. And so we just decided, okay, well, if this is going to be our life, you know, if we're, if our parents are going to hate us, if our dreams are over, well, we'll figure it out together. And so we decided to get married because we had been high school sweethearts and we knew we wanted to get married eventually, not necessarily in the order it ended up happening. But when I was 16 weeks pregnant, we got married and we had asked the pastor that had led my husband to the Lord years before if he would marry us. And he said, no, I'm sorry, because you've sinned, I will not bless this marriage. And we were like, oh my goodness, you know, we have messed up so bad. Like we can't even get married and be blessed. And we found someone else that would marry us, but it definitely felt like a scarlet letter experience and wondering, you know, what are people thinking and feeling and our own shame and all of that. And, and, and after the wedding, we tried to go back to church and it's kind of like the elephant in the room and people don't know whether to say congratulations or I'm sorry. So they don't say anything and you just feel alone in a crowd of people. Um, and so we kind of stopped going for a really long time and we really struggled. And one thing though, that's really good is that my, uh, that pastor that wouldn't marry us, he called my husband two years later and he asked for forgiveness. He said that he felt like it was his worst mistake in pastoring history that he had ever made. And my husband loves this pastor. He was like, yes, of course, I forgive you. And and we had a son. We have a son. He's 25 and he's just amazing. He's married and he um, works for a ministry, he works for Youth for Christ, and he has a theology degree at ORU and an MBA, and he's led so many people to the Lord. He has such a passion for evangelism. It's so crazy to think that it was so close that he wouldn't be here and to see the impact that his life has made, and he tells his perspective inside of the story. And I know when I told him all of this story. When he was 13, my first book came out and I told him, you know, this is what happened and I need to tell you this, but please know, like, we do love you. And we, we just didn't know what, what we needed. God knew we needed you, but we didn't know we were just kids and please don't take this as rejection or anything like that. And, um, about uh, six months later, the church, uh, youth group, when he, this is still when he's 13, they asked him to speak on five minutes on how he's an overcomer. And he came into my room one night and he said, mom, I think this is what I'm going to say. Um, I was an overcomer before I was ever even born, and Satan had a plan to take me out, but I'm going <laughs> to use my story to change the world. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that's so amazing that at 13 you can have God. that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though he kind of struggled a little <clears throat> bit for the first few months after we told him about his identity, the enemy tried to lie to him. But then when he had this revelation from the Lord, it really healed him. And it's just amazing to see how he wants to use well, Amy. his life, and he's very passionate in the pro-life movement. Would you take a moment specifically to pray for women who may find themselves in the place you were in when you you and your uh, fiancé were contemplating abortion? Because it's such a common reality that women will find themselves to be in that very place. Would you pray for those persons now? Yes. God, if there's anyone listening today that is maybe just found out they're pregnant and they're so scared and maybe they haven't told anyone yet and they don't know what the next move is and what they're going to do, God, we just pray that you give them the courage 
to be able to make a life decision to to know that they won't have to walk alone, that they um, that there's a church family that wants to walk with them, and that you will never leave them, and that you will always be with them, and and also God, we just pray for everyone else that maybe um, maybe you don't personally know someone that is unexpectedly expecting. But we are praying, God, that you bring those people to the church, to the people, so that they know the resources that are available, that they can be a light and a hope to that woman, um, that confirmation that she needs to be able to know that she can choose life and she's going to be okay. And her and her baby are going to be okay, God. So we just um, we just ask you to uh, sow and, and pour into us and, and, and give us the courage and give us the words to be able to speak to someone one to be a hope and a light to them and to give us an awareness of the of the resources in our community that we can point them to and to know how to walk alongside them lord and we just thank you we want to be your hands and feet and so we want to do it even with women with unexpected pregnancy we want to do that for them and we want to be that for them god so bring us the people so that we can be your light to them in jesus name amen amen Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Now, uh, Amy, before we, we get back to your story, I want to mention this, that um, <clears throat> well, we're actually coming up on a break in just a few moments, so we'll pick up there. But uh, on the other side, um, sometime soon, I'm, I'm gonna, I want to ask for you to pray for pastors in the church that, that what you shared about the, your past is so powerful and yet tragically common because uh, many times, well-meaning pastors and leaders in the church they they mean to do the right thing, but sometimes they just make mis- they make wrong moves and wrong decisions. And uh, but thank God that He saw that and came back and asked for forgiveness. But the fact is, the church needs a lot of grace and wisdom and encouragement from the Word of God and the Spirit of God to know how to love people correctly, to love people the way the Holy Spirit would lead them to. And so. I'm going to ask you to pray specifically for pastors in the church on the other side as well. Our phone guest today is Amy Ford. She's the president of a wonderful and powerful ministry God is using wonderfully called Embrace Grace. We'll be right back. with God speaking. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guest today is Amy Ford. She's the president of a great ministry called Embrace Grace. And Amy, if someone listening wants to get in touch with Embrace Grace, learn more about it, 
or just want uh, website information, how can they get in touch with you or learn more about Embrace Grace? EmbraceGrace.com has all the information about what we do, how you can connect Mm -hmm. girls to support groups for women with unexpected pregnancies, and also for people that might be interested in starting their own support group at their own church uh, with our Embrace Grace curriculum and ministering to the women with unexpected pregnancies, and we have Embrace Legacy for the dads. So EmbraceGrace.com has all the info they need. All right. Okay. Before you get back to your story, would you pray for pastors and for the church as well as for listeners in general to hear and listen and hear whatever the Lord wants to say to them through the broadcast today? Yes. God, we just pray for every pastor that's listening right now and that may have heard the story and and, and just need clarity on how is the best way to... Um, handle this situation in our church. God, we just get ask for your heart of love to be to be in them as they just congratulate them for choosing life or and and be a support system for them, God. That we just thank you for the courage to um to just be God's hands and feet. We know it's your kindness that leads us to repentance and it's your love that draws us to your side, God. So we just ask that pastors just have open heart to um to know how to love and to empower their church to be the hands and feet of Jesus for these women and to get them healed emotionally and spiritually and um, and practically helping them, God, so they can change um, the direction they're going in life and feel empowered. And, and we don't kick each other when we're down, God. We pick each other up when we fall, and we love on people into the kingdom. And so we just thank you so much for the pastors and, and their heart for ministry and for ministering to these moms. And we just pray, too, for all of the people listening today that they may be here a part of the stories or what what we're talking about today, and they may be feel stirred to action, God. We just pray that um, you just show them how they can do that, whether it's leading a group or maybe it's um, babysitting a single mom's baby, or maybe it's helping um, a single mom with her resume to be able to get a better job. You know, whatever it is that you put inside of God, you just highlight those strengths and gifts and resources inside of our hearts so that we can use those good 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 things you put inside of us to do the good works that you've called us to do. And I know we can help make abortion unthinkable because with our love as the church, God. So we just pray for action and empowerment to be ignited in the hearts of all the listeners today um, on this show. In Jesus' name, amen. And Father, too, thank you and I praise you for your church. Thank you for the privilege we have of being able to be the body of Christ, your hands and feet in a world that desperately needs to be touched by your love, your grace, and mercy. Lord, uh, like, like in the parable of the Good Samaritan, help us to know, Lord, that we don't want to make the mistakes of the priest and the Levite to only see the problem and pass by on the other side. Help us to walk in the love that you encouraged, like the Good Samaritan, who stopped and took time, energy, effort, and great care to love, care for, and nurture this person where they needed it. Help us to know, Lord, that we live in a world full of people who've been beat up and left on the side of the road for dead. Help us to have eyes to hear and ears to hear what you want to say to us as the church, empowering us to be your loving hands and feet. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Amy, if you'll pick up where you left off, please. 
Yeah. Well, one more part of the story with the pastor that's really cool is um, when my son was 16, that pastor asked me to come speak at his church um, because we're still close to him. And um, he now lives about four hours away from us in Austin, Texas. And so he had asked me to come speak at his church about Embrace Grace and pro-love. And so I had found out when I got there that he had been very open with his congregation about what he had done years before and that he had asked for forgiveness and now look at this ministry, Embrace Grace and all of that. And so when I um, got there, I spoke and I did my thing. And then afterwards, he asked me in front of everyone to come back on the platform. And he asked my son, Jess, to come on the platform And he said, Amy, years ago, I asked your husband for forgiveness, but I never really asked you. Will you forgive me for what I did years ago? I was like, yes, that was 16 years ago. We love you so much. You know, we totally forgave you and we we forgive you. Well, then he looked at my son, 16, in front of the whole church, and he said, will you forgive me for planting seeds of rejection in your heart before you were ever even born? And while you were in your mother's womb, I rejected you. Will you forgive me? And my son, 16, in front of the whole church says, I forgive you. And it was such a powerful moment. You could feel church wounds being lifted in that room, the fact that the pastor would humble himself in that way. And it was so healing for Jess. You know, he may have been, my son, he may have been unplanned by me, but Jess was planned by God. And to have that, you know, to know his identity and to have that confirmation in his heart was just even more solidifying about his place here and how he wants to use this life. And and I think it was just healing for a lot of people in that room. And so going through all of that, you know, looking back, thinking, I went to church every single week. Yes, you know, back when I had my unexpected pregnancy. Yes, I didn't have necessarily a relationship with the Lord or close relationship, but I did go. My parents made me, you know, I was there every single week. So why did I not feel like the church was a safe place to go to when I found out I was pregnant? Like it was the last place. And we just, back then, 25 years ago, you know, Google wasn't around and search engines, you know, so we just used phone books and we went straight to the the abortion clinic and pregnancy centers were around everywhere, but no one really ever told me about a pregnancy center. I had no idea what they were. I went Mm. to church my whole life. No one has ever told me, uh, you know, up until my thirties, what a pregnancy center was. Mm -hmm. And so how many women go and have make the abortion decision, but and that don't know about the actual resources in our community because maybe the church just has avoided this issue or this topic when there's actually a lot of help out there. And how can we be a voice for um, just the resources that are out there? And it wasn't even until after I started Embrace Grace. We were a few years into Embrace Grace when I got asked to speak kind of at a pro-life, um, it's a pregnancy center training conference. We, I was asked to speak there and they were going to give me a booth. I'd never heard of them, mm-hmm. but I went and it was like over a thousand people and walking around and seeing all of these vendors, which were really ministries that are boots on the ground helping women with unexpected pregnancies. I was like, how have I gone my whole life? And no one has ever told me about these awesome ministries and resources that are out here to help women and to empower them. And I didn't even know, like, if someone said, I work in the pro-life movement, 
Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know what that meant. I I thought, you know, if someone said that, I would assume maybe picketing outside abortion clinics because that's kind of the only thing the media shows. And so mm-hmm. that's what it, the only context I would have had. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until a few years after we started Embrace Grace and we went to some of these pro-life type conferences that we were like, oh, I guess we're a pro-life organization. But even mm-hmm. beyond that, we really believe we are a pro-love organization because pro-life is important. It's a stance. It's a belief system. It's what we vote. It's it's all of that. But what's even more important is our love, because we can talk about what we believe until we're blue in the face. But without love, we are a claiming symbol. Mm-hmm. So how can we be that love? And so we say we are a pro-love movement, because that's where the action happens and where we can make abortion unthinkable, which is even better than illegal. You know, we can make it unthinkable that a girl's like, why would I need to have an abortion when there's so much love and resources out there? And there are over 300,000 churches in America. If we all were were involved in this and the people involved in this, we really can make abortion a non-issue because there's so much love and support to give Um in the church. And even this morning, I was looking at some of my Facebook memories and my posts, and I saw one from a few years back of um, an Embrace Grace leader that had babysat um, an Embrace Grace mom's newborn overnight because this mom was so tired and she just was crying a lot. She just was really struggling. And so the leader was like, why don't you let me have one night with a baby and you get a good night's sleep and just rest. And it was a Saturday night. And she said, and then let's meet at church tomorrow and I'll give you your baby at church. And you're going to get, you're going to feel so much better if you could have one night of sleep. And so she did that. And so I had ran into them at the lobby at the church before church started. And she told me, Oh, I babysat the baby last night. And I saw the mom. She did look, she was so thankful. Well, during the service at the end, they did an altar call, and I saw that mom walk up and surrender her life to the Lord. And Mm -hmm. I just think that's so amazing. Just little acts of kindness like that can make Mm -hmm. such a huge difference when this girl felt like she was drowning and so exhausted and so tired and so alone. And this leader's like, let me just have a night with your baby. And then the next morning, she's feeling energized and wants to surrender her life to the Lord. Every If we're all doing something, we can change the world with God's love. Mm. That's such a powerful testimony. And just like you say, the Holy Spirit will take an act of love like that and do. He, he's the ultimate multitasker. He can do a million things with one act of kindness that's far beyond our comprehension. And our job is just to be available vessels who operate in His love. So thank you for sharing mm-hmm. that. Would you pray for the church to grow in the understanding of that very simple thing, being vessels of God's love in a world of hurting people? Yes, God, we just thank you that we get to partner with you in this way and that you just give us so much love and we experience so much of your love that we get to lavish it on those that are around us in beautiful and creative ways. And so we just pray for the church and not not necessarily the building and the structure and the organization of the, tra- the church, but the people, your church, to to really dig into their how they can help if they love um, babysitting a kid or mentoring a mom or helping her grow spiritually, or maybe it's you're a therapist and you want to donate some of your time so a mom can have therapy, or maybe it's, it's um, just 
so many creative ways. I've seen people just even taking the trash out for single moms, just something to help her know that she's not alone, God. We just ask you, big or small, we surrender our hearts to you, and we want to be your hands and feet, God. So just show us the people, highlight them, and then give us the courage to act on that and to to love on them in the creative ways that you've put inside of us to be able to do that. And we thank you so much that you love on us so well that we can love on others, too. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Well, would you, would you share, uh, Amy, very basically, uh, for someone who's listening who's never heard of Embrace Grace before, just the basic foundational mission of Embrace Grace? Yes. So we inspire and equip the church to love on single and pregnant young women and their families. So we have a 12-week curriculum that churches can use to minister to the moms. So it is curriculum for the moms, but it's hosted by the church, just like a church would host any kind of group, like if they're going to do a T.D. Jakes or a Tony Evans or um, whatever it might be, Beth Moore, that they have this curriculum and they host a small group within the church. They find the girls usually through pregnancy centers, developing partnerships with pregnancy centers. We train all the leaders on how they can do it. It's just digital training. So it's so easy. Like once you become a group, you have access to all of our our videos. And so you can watch it at your own pace. But little things like how do you find the moms and um, how do you throw a baby shower? Because the baby shower is a part of it, too, that the church throws for all the moms that are in the group. But we help you all along the way to be able to find them, get them plugged into your church. And then over the course of this powerful 12-week curriculum, that's all about their identity and their value in Jesus. It's about healing their hearts and forgiveness and repentance. And, and so many powerful testimonies are woven through this curriculum that we hope that they will have gotten used to coming to church. You know, it's kind of scary when you're in that situation. You're not really sure what to expect when you're pregnant and walking into a church like that. We hope that they've overcome any fears at, from that, at that point of going through Embrace Grace, but then they're actually going on the weekends and they're raising their kids in the church and they're becoming a part of a spiritual family. And we want them to continue their growth even after Embrace Grace because, you know, the pro-choice, a lot of pro-choice people say, oh, you only care about the baby. And that's not true. We care about the mom. We care about the dad. We care about the grandparents, all of that. We are the church, and we will walk alongside them forever because we are a spiritual family. They still stay connected. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're trying to do is just be the bridge to get them in the door. And, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. pastors are like, oh, we don't have pregnant people in our church. And I just want to challenge anyone that may be thinking that way. The abortion rate is exactly the same inside the church as it is outside. There's no difference. And so they they most likely are in your church, and it's one in four that have abortions. And mm-hmm. so, but say you do have a re, a smaller church, and it's elderly, more a lot of elderly, and maybe you really don't. Well, look at this as outreach. Like, how can you go find these moms? Mm-hmm. How can you bring them into the church? How can you go to your pregnancy center and say, "Hey, we want to ha- we want your clients to." come to our church because we want to share the gospel with them and we want to love on them and we want to disciple them and we want to help them get it back on their feet. And so please send them our way because we have an Embrace Grace group. And so that's... Amy, we're going to jump We're going to jump in right here and we'll pick up right there on the other side of the break. Yes. Our phone guest today is Amy Ford. She's the president of Embrace Grace. We'll be right back. 
Covenant Church with Let My Heart Dance. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guest today is Amy Ford. She's the president of the ministry Embrace Grace. Amy, share one more time if people, if listeners are wanting to get in touch with Embrace Grace, learn more about it, or would like to bring that ministry to their churches, how can they do that? How can they get in touch with you? Yeah, it you just go to embracegrace.com. It has all the information about starting a group. There's even a group directory. Uh, right when you go to the homepage, so you can put in your zip code and all of the churches in your area um, are that have a group. They are listed there and what night of the week that they meet. But really, we just need a lot of groups with a lot. You know, all the different churches are different. And they may, you know, one may meet on a Wednesday night, one may meet on an early Sunday morning. All churches are different. So we need to have lots of options in every community um, for a woman to be able to find um, a support group. So check out EmbraceGrace.com. Okay, then. And so, and if, if you'll just go ahead and finish what you're sharing about how churches, even if they don't have a lot of young women per se in their congregations, you were sharing how they too can very much plug in. Yeah, so it is, it's an outreach and too. And so we can go out into our communities, even school counselors and talking to them to say if they have anyone they know that is unexpectedly expecting, they are welcome at your church. We, we can't just think about the women within our church, which that's important too, but we also can look at it as um, our community. You know, how can we go out and find them? And the dig- it's digital curriculum and book curriculum. So if you're leading a group and you're, we so many times leaders or potential leaders are nervous about leading and they're not really sure and they, the enemy lies to them, you know, and says, oh, you're disqualified. Or maybe you've had an abortion before and you are like, how can I leave when I've had an abortion? Well, let me just tell you, you are qualified because God qualifies you. And we... Um, we need you, and these these girls need you, and they want to connect with someone. So you, we have digital curriculum. So you just press play. One mm. leader said the other day, "You just press play and love." I love that because it is so true. It's not that simple, but it's pretty simple. You know, we're just loving mm. people and and the, and creating an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit can move. Mm. So the teaching's done for you. We have icebreaker questions, handouts. All of that is done. It's plug and play. So we try to help you so much administratively so you have more time relationally building mm-hmm. with these moms. Um, and so you'll, I believe you have front row seats to miracles when you lead Embrace Grace and
and embrace legacy is for young single dads. If there's any men out there that feel like they want to disciple and, and walk alongside young single fathers, um, embrace legacy is an awesome curriculum too that you can do for mm-hmm. a new dad that's unexpectedly expecting or has a girlfriend that is, um, that it's a powerful curriculum as well that you can have at your church. Okay. Well, in the, uh, the last portion of our broadcast, would you share maybe some testimonies or stories that come to mind that help illustrate why a ministry of embra- like Embrace Grace is so important to the body of Christ? Well, we we have um, an 89% salvation or recommitment rate in Embrace Grace. So just in the, the sake of the gospel, you know, it is very um, valuable, but we the testimonies are just so amazing. I have so many, but just what what's on my heart today, I was thinking this morning um, about a leader that came to us just the other day and said that she had just led her first semester of Embrace Grace. And when she had started, she was looking for some co-leaders because she's like, what if I'm sick one week? I want to have a co-leader with me so that we can do it together. And so she was kind of putting the word out, you know, hey, at her church, we're going to start this group if anybody wants to lead with me. And so this older lady came up to her and she said she was very elderly and had a walker. And she said, I want to lead. And she said, let me pray about it. And she kind of at first was like, God, you know, she's kind of older. Like, I hope that these girls can connect with her. But she prayed about it. And she's like, yes, this girl, this lady has a heart and a passion. She needs to lead. So she let her lead. And after their first semester, their first mom had her baby and they all were there and went to the hospital to see her and all of that. And the girl that had her baby, the Embrace Grace mom, she said, I'm naming my baby after my leader. And it was the elderly leader that she just had really connected with her and they developed such a strong relationship. Mm-hmm. And so the the leader that had told me this, she was like, my faith was just so encouraged. Like I was so encouraged to see, you know, I was kind of worried and doubtful, like I wasn't sure, but mm-hmm. God can use anyone. He can use anyone until we go to heaven and take our last breath. Mm-hmm. We can be used by God, and I love that that this um, this older woman wanted to get involved, and she made such an impact on this this young new mom's life. and mm-hmm. And we had another girl or leader last year, or the year before. She had she has a daughter that's um, really helpful in Embrace Grace. She's only nine, and she helps out a lot when her mom leads a group. Mm-hmm. But this leader was babysitting um, a an Embrace Grace baby one day, and the the Embrace Grace mom had Ubered there and she dropped her baby off and then Ubered to work. And so the little nine-year-old, the leader's daughter was like, mom, why does this young mom doesn't have a car? Like, why is she Ubering? And the leader was like, babe, it just is hard to be a single mom. And she's going to work and she's saving her money and she's trying to get a car so she doesn't have to keep Ubering everywhere. And this little nine-year-old said, well, what if what if I could help her with some money? You know, maybe I have some money. And she's like, well, cars are really expensive. And she said, well, we could bake cupcakes and we could try and see what we could do. And, and so the mom was like, well, if you want to try, you can. And so this little nine-year-old started baking cupcakes. And I think when people got wind of it, you know, she'd bake a dozen and someone's like, here's $500, you know, once they found out what she was raising money for it, everyone was so moved and touched for the the faith of this little nine-year-old. And within a few months, this nine-year-old had enough money and she bought this single mom, a Ford Explorer. Mm -hmm. And all these people started coming, like one person Mm -hmm. covered her insurance. 
for two years. One, um, a, a car, an oil change place, you know, said we're going to cover all our oil changes for two years. People got our gas cards. I mean, it was just amazing to see once this little nine-year-old started saying what she's doing, Mm -hmm. how the church got behind her and said, we're in this with you. Let us help you help this mom. And there's videos of this. They met in the church parking lot, and this little nine-year-old handed the keys to this mom. And this mom is just so overwhelmed. Like, she Mm -hmm. can't even believe that this Mm -hmm. church and this little girl, you know, and her courage to, to... believe that she could make a difference and she did it. And mm. so it's young or it's old, it's man, it's woman, it's no matter what God can use us. And he just wants us to to partner with him in that way and to have faith. And and I think when we put things out there, people want to get involved. They want to mm. help. That's they right. just need to know how. And so it's true. beautiful to see how it all comes together um, and how love really empowers women mm. to make life decisions. Amen. Um, and, Amen. And to know that they're not alone. Mm. Well, let's try one more story. Another story, testimony that comes to mind. Well, we had um, one mom that she was Wiccan and she believed in witchcraft. And she was like, hey, I heard about your group and I will, I would like to come because I really need the baby shower. But just so you know, I don't believe in God. And, you know, so what is that okay? And I was like, yes, you can come. So she came every single week to our group and she never missed a class. And so I just really felt like there was going to be a salvation experience. And I picked her up every week because she didn't have a car. And so I spent even more time with her. And I remember one time she said, I like the way it makes me feel when I come to this group. And I just held on to that. I was like, God, I know you're, you're, you're speaking to her. You're, you're moving her heart. And I just really wanted her to, to surrender her life to the Lord. But I was just waiting, you know, for that to happen. And so she does the whole semester, the whole 12 weeks. She has a baby shower. And even this thing called a princess day at the end, which is all about her identity and value and worth. And she does the whole thing and she doesn't surrender her life to the Lord. And I was Mm. just so disappointed. I was talking to God about it. And and I heard the Lord say, you're planting seeds. Do you think there's a, that a girl that's wicked would have ever stepped foot into a church if you hadn't created a safe place for her to be there. And Mm. so just let my people keep watering, watering those seeds, planting seeds, so I I lost track with her for a little while. She changed her phone number, and I lost track with her. About a year later, she called me out of the blue, and she was freaking out. And she's like, Amy, I have to tell you something. Mm-hmm. She said, I was going in to work my shift. She works at, a, like, a gas station slash restaurant. She was a manager. And she said, I was walking in, and I felt like God keeps trying to talk to me, but I'm not really sure if it was him. I would think something, and then something would happen. And so as she was walking into work, she's like, God, if that's you, and if you're trying to talk to me, will you just give me a bigger sign? Like, I don't want to think you're real. I want to know you're real. And so she goes into work, and as she's working her shift, a guy comes up to the counter and he had said that he had driven past the restaurant, but the Lord told him to turn back around. And he said to tell the lady behind the counter, so he's telling her, he said, the Lord wanted me to tell you that he loves you and he sees you and all he wants is your heart. And she was just so, she just was shocked. Like she couldn't even believe it. And she, she said he even seemed kind of nervous, you know, when he came to the counter. Mm-hmm. So she went straight home and she said she went into the bathroom and looked in the mirror and she said she wanted to see a moment that she remembered forever. She didn't want to doubt that this was the moment she surrendered her life to the Lord. She mm-hmm. wanted to know it. So she got out her Embrace Grace curriculum from the year before that had a salvation prayer mm-hmm. inside. And she prayed and she asked the Lord to just 
come into her life, for her to surrender her life to Jesus, all of that. And she was so excited. I was the first person that she called. And she doesn't even know, like, the backstory of how this one I really, you know, kept. It was personal to me. I really wanted this to happen. I'm so thankful Mm -hmm. the Lord let me see. But the Lord reminded me afterwards, she liked the way we made her feel. Mm. when she came to church. Like, that was what drew her to the Lord. Mm -hmm. It was the love, because it is His kindness that leads us to repentance. But even then, the guy that came to the counter, and how he was nervous, and he Mm -hmm. probably walked away after he said what he felt like the Lord told him to say, and he had no idea that she went straight home Mm -hmm. and surrendered her life to Jesus and His obedience. Mm-hmm. And so it's just beautiful to see when the whole church is doing and being obedient to that Holy Spirit's leading, it can be a smallest thing, but you have no idea what else God is doing. And all of us Amen. doing that together, we can help people and help I mean, them feel empowered in their life decisions. That is so true. That is so true. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Our time is just about completely gone here, though. But uh, again, thank you so much, Amy, for being with us. And let me say to every person listening today, If you're listening today and you have never given your heart to Jesus Christ, you have never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, just especially after listening to that powerful testimony Amy just finished sharing, the most important decision in all of life is the decision to commit your life to Jesus Christ. If you'd like to make that step, would you simply, from your heart, pray this prayer with me even now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into the world a really long time ago. You lived your life. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess, I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In your word, you told us, whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we're very much wanting to connect with you. Uh, My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Please get in touch with us. We'd like to share with you uh, some literature and resources that will help you to begin to grow up and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Please, please be sure and email us again. That's joseph at afr.net. Amy, thanks so much again for being with us. Uh, And share one more time uh, website information for Embrace Grace. Go to EmbraceGrace.com for all the information about leading or joining a group. All right. And thank you so much for being with us, Amy. And you all, please keep up the great, great work you're doing for the kingdom. All right. Thank you so much. And for every listener, please pray much for the ongoing and great work of the ministry of Embrace Grace. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.